Thank you for downloading the Plod podcast, Police Law On Demand, brought to you by 3D solicitors and barristers from Sergeants Inn Chambers. In our podcast series, we are going to discuss a range of topics affecting police officers and anyone involved in the criminal justice system. For more updates on police law, follow the Sergeants in Police Law blog at ukpolicelawblog.com. If you have any suggestions for any topics that you would like us to cover, please email plod at 3d-solicitors.com. A person under criminal investigation has, prior to being charged, a reasonable expectation of privacy in respect of information that relates to that specific investigation. So said the Supreme Court in a unanimous judgment, which was handed down earlier this year. So to discuss this important judgment, I'm delighted to be joined again by uh, Aaron Rathmel, a police law specialist from Sergeant's Inn. I'm Daniel Burke from 3D Solicitors. Aaron, can you talk our listeners through the background to this case? Hi, Daniel. Thank you. Yes. The background to the case is a 2016 Bloomberg media article about the activities of a publicly listed company, and the claimant, the original claimant, ZXC, worked as a chief executive. The article itself was based on the contents of a letter of request, something sent by a UK law enforcement body seeking assistance with a criminal investigation from an overseas state into possible offences of corruption, bribery, proceeds of crime, act offences, fraud and the like by the company and and or the person, ZXC. So the letter was headed confidential and contained a passage um, which requested the contents of the letter remain confidential because it analysed information from the criminal investigation. And the purpose of maintaining confidentiality was not least so that the investigation wasn't frustrated by interference with documents or witnesses. Yeah. And so prior to the publication of the article, Bloomberg had contacted this uh, UK law enforcement body and they'd repeatedly expressed concerns about publication. Now, the solicitors for ZXC, the cipher by which he was known, had, had expressed concerns in response to that threatened publication. But Bloomberg went ahead and published the article. And in response, uh, ZXC brought a claim for misuse of private information. That, that, that's right. Bloomberg knew that the letter was, to, to use a neutral term, sensitive, and they sought comment before publishing from um, the law enforcement body and from ZXC solicitors who, 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 as you said, expressed concerns about publishing it. ZXC in particular argued that he had a reasonable expectation of privacy in the content of the, the letter and therefore the article published on the back of the letter and that this was not outweighed by Bloomberg's right to publish it. The High Court in the first instance agreed and upheld ZXC's claim for misuse of private information at tort and awarded him £25,000 damages and granted an injunction against further publication. Bloomberg then appealed that to the Court of Appeal, but that appeal was dismissed. And then a further appeal to the Supreme Court was also dismissed. So the Supreme Court uh, upheld um, unanimously the original High Court decision, the, the Court of Appeal decision, ruling in favour of. ZXC that his private information had been misused. 
Right. So focusing on, on the Supreme Court decision, what were the what were the issues here? Well, the uh, Supreme Court um, decision refers to a, a lot, another case called Murray and Express Newspapers in 2008. In the, that's the Court of Appeal judgment, which gave a two-stage test, and this isn't controversial for um, whether there has been a, a misuse of private information. Stage one is the question of whether the claimant has a reasonable expectation of privacy in the particular information. And if yes, stage two is a balancing analysis. Was um, that reasonable expectation of privacy, was or is it outweighed by countervailing factors, especially the publisher's right or or the um, alleged misuser's right to freedom of expression? So it's a balancing exercise, principally Article 8, privacy, right to respect for privacy rights, and Article 10, free expression. And and they're they're what are known as the Murray factors. And that was, of course, the famous case where a photographer had taken a picture of, I think, J.K. Rowling pushing her infant uh, along in a buggy. But uh, when we're applying the issues in the case to the Murray test, what, what did the Supreme Court find? Well, relevant, just going back a little bit, relevant to the two-stage test, some of the factors that you have to consider are attributes of the particular claimant, the Mm -hmm. nature of the activity in which they were engaged, how the information or from where the information arises, the place where the information uh, from where it arises or or what's happening in, in the particular place, the nature and purpose of the intrusion, the absence of consent, uh, the impact on the claimant, perhaps also the, um, the purposes for which information came into the hands of the publisher. So applying that to the ZXC case, a particular issue, there were, there were lots of issues, but three issues that, that I think we'll discuss and the most important in the Supreme Court's judgment is whether the Court of Appeal whose judgment was being appealed, were wrong to hold that there's a general rule um, that a person under criminal investigation has, prior to being charged, a reasonable expectation of privacy relating to um, that information, the fact that they're under criminal investigation and the detail of the investigation. So that that was really the key issue um, yeah. analysed in the Supreme Court judgment. Is that a general rule? Is that a good starting point for applying um, the case to the two-stage test? Yeah, and that, that was the, the first issue, and they spent most of their, applied their minds mostly to that, it seems, throughout the judgment. What, what were the second and third issues? Another issue was whether the Court of Appeal was wrong to hold that in a case in which a claim for breach of confidence was not pursued, that's a separate tort, breach of confidence, the fact that information published by Bloomberg about a criminal investigation originated from a confidential law enforcement document, whether that rendered the information private or undermined Bloomberg's ability to rely on the public interest in its disclosure, in the disclosure of that information. A yet further issue was whether the Court of Appeal was wrong to uphold the findings of the High Court judge that the claimant had a reasonable expectation of privacy in relation to the published information complained of 
and that the Article 8 privacy and Article 10 free expression in the European Convention on Human Rights, um, whether the balance, um, the balancing exercise should have come down in favour of the claimant, so whether the Court of Appeal was wrong about that. Yeah, so the third issue was very much depending on the finding, dependence of the finding of the Court of Appeal and whether it had aired on issues one and two. What did the Supreme Court find with regards to the, the, the first key issue? The Supreme Court, they analysed this concept of um, a legitimate starting point for analysis of a, a case brought for mis- the tort of misuse of private information um, and stated that the determination as to whether there is a, a reasonable expectation of privacy in the, in, um, the information is a fact-specific inquiry, which should include but not be limited to the, the, the factors analysed in the Murray case as to whether someone has a reasonable expectation of privacy. So that um, the general rule of the, the, the legitimate starting point it is just that it's it's a starting point for analysis. You still have to go on to engage with the facts of the case, but the fact of being under criminal investigation pre-charge, the starting point is that that's private information. That someone has a reasonable expectation of privacy regarding that information. If that reasonable expectation does arise, but is uh, reduced or qualified by other fact-specific issues in the case, that will impact on the strength of the Article 8 argument in the balancing exercise conducted at Stage 2. Is that reasonable expectation of privacy outweighed by other factors? And then the, the rationale of the starting point analysis is that publication of, or one of the rationales is that pu- public publication of the relevant information can cause harm and damage. It's difficult to reverse and, and may be profound. Uh, and the Supreme Court also stated that the Court of Appeal was correct in this case, at least, that open justice must be balanced against the risk of unfair damage to someone's reputation. Right. And, and I'm, what was Bloomberg's case here? Well, Bloomberg challenged the Court of Appeal approach of of there being a general rule or legitimate starting point of a reasonable expectation of privacy. Bloomberg argued that this approach underestimates the public's ability to appreciate the importance of the presumption of innocence. So publicising the fact that someone is under criminal investigation, Bloomberg said, well, the public also know that they're presumed innocent. Um, so there's not necessarily a legitimate expectation of privacy there, or perhaps it was being understated, um, and and perhaps it was overstating the damage of um, it being announced or published, for instance, that someone is under criminal investigation. So Bloomberg submitted that the lower courts um, were, uh, in a way, applying an incorrect legal test, giving undue weight to the effect of publication on the claimant to the exclusion of other Murray factors. This is an important argument because it's not just to the fact of being under criminal investigation pre-charge that this legitimate starting analysis might be applied to. There's other whole categories of information where we might say the starting point of the two-stage misuse of private information test is that that information is 
private. And other examples are uh, people's uh, mental or physical health, their racial or ethnic characteristics, uh, private family relationships, private financial affairs, or going back to the, the criminal realm, the fact that they're a victim of crime or a witness before they give evidence. So there are other areas where um, we might say that there's a legitimate starting point where where someone you presume that they have a reasonable expectation of privacy and then you go on to, and then that has some weight, some power when you go into the second stage to balance that expectation of privacy with freedom of expression of someone who wants to publish information about it. And I think it's fair to say the Supreme Court certainly weren't impressed with Bloomberg's case. Uh, no, and the, the costs awarded against them having lost in um, really at all stages <laughs> would also have been uh, significant. Uh, but but on the facts um, and on a proper analysis of the law, the Supreme Court unanimously rejected um, Bloomberg's grounds of appeal. This was this was essentially because the the very experienced High Court judge originally Justice Nicklin, yeah, yeah, Mr. Justice Nicklin, huge experience in defamation law, information law, or also criminal law. Mm. He had considered that that the most significant Murray factors. Murray Factor was not the impact of publication on the claimant, but rather the circumstances in which um, the purposes uh, for the information came into the hands of the publisher. So it wasn't it wasn't a case just about protecting the reputation of the claimant ZXC. Um, there were other factors that were important, and in this case, it was a plainly confidential letter at a sensitive stage of an investigation sent for a criminal investigation purpose, which was marked confidential and then came into the hands of someone it shouldn't have come into the hands of who then published it to the world at large. And that was that was an important Murray factor. How, how did the information get into Bloomberg's hands? And that um, weighed heavily against Bloomberg. And what, what was the conclusion here? Uh, well, ultimately, that High Court had been correct, as had the Court of Appeal, in rejecting Bloomberg's, Bloomberg's case and finding for the claimant, and that those courts and other courts in other cases were correct in regarding the legitimate starting point as a good way of going about the analysis, as the proper way of going about the analysis, and that once the claimant had set out and established the circumstances, the court should commence its analysis by applying that legitimate starting point reasonable expectation of privacy, including because the publication could cause harm to reputation, but also other important factors. And the Supreme Court held that a private life is another dimension of the argument, although of the judgment, although it's not hugely controversial. Article 8, private life can also encompass a person's reputation and their business activities as well, not just their home life, for want of a better term. One interesting uh, point in this was how the Supreme Court considered the attributes of the claimants and how the, these uh, how attributes must be balanced. Well, the the attributes of a of a, the particular attributes of the claimant are always going to be relevant and may impact the analysis of other factors as well. Um, and so, in this particular case, the, the Supreme Court 
acknowledge that one might expect greater damage, perhaps irreparable damage, to the reputation of someone who is an active business person involved in the affairs of a large organisation where reputation is important, where where, um, a squeaky clean reputation is important and the fact that um, they're under a significant criminal investigation has a big impact on them, more so than other, for instance, private individuals who don't um, carry those sorts of duties. And the Supreme Court also confirmed that the causes of action for misuse of private information and breach of confidence are distinct uh, torts, also distinct from defamation. They may overlap. um, uh, If the information is confidential, it's likely to support the reasonableness um, of the expectation of the claimant's privacy, but they're distinct torts. I mean, it's a significant case. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, prior to being charged, a person under criminal investigation had a reasonable expectation of privacy regarding information that related to that investigation. But the decision doesn't assess the weight to be given to competing Article 8 and 10 rights um, and was rather held to be dependent on the, the first two issues. Yeah, that's right. So I guess I guess the for police listeners that the the key learning from this case is is or perhaps not learning perhaps it's a it's a reminder with some helpful analytical tools is that prior to being charged a person under criminal investigation has a reasonable expectation of privacy uh, over the information relating to that the investigation so both the fact that they are under criminal investigation and the details of the same That's the starting point. It's not invariably the case. It's not invariably going to lead to a judicial recognition of a reasonable expectation of privacy or, for that matter, um, uh, success at the second stage for a claimant that their legitimate expectation of privacy outweighs any factors in publication. But certainly there's um, a a starting point is that um, there's likely to be a reasonable expectation of privacy in the fact that you're under criminal investigation and the detail of that. And so a police force really should be thinking twice before, um, for instance, publishing publishing a news item on their website or some sort of press release announcing the fact that so-and-so is being criminally investigated before they've been charged. Equally, an individual police officer should be careful about sharing the fact that someone is under criminal investigation with other um, people, unless they have a clear investigate a, a clear purpose for doing so, otherwise they're at risk of a claim for misuse of private information. The claimant who was under investigation who had that fact shared with other people will say, "Well, that was private information, and you didn't have a good enough justification for sharing it," and that might sound in damages. So a, a, a good uh, reminder and, and, and obviously a very authoritative unanimous Supreme Court case which sets out the stages of analysis. Excellent. Well, Aaron, that was tremendously clear. Thank you uh, very much for joining us. And uh, we hope to see you again uh, next series. Thank you. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you for downloading the Plod podcast, Police Law On Demand. 
Brought to you by 3D solicitors and barristers from Sergeants in Chambers. For more updates on police law, follow the Sergeants in Police Law blog at ukpolicelawblog.com. If you have any suggestions for any topics that you would like us to cover, please email plod at 3d-solicitors.com.